Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Coco Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics. So get on board. Listen, learn, live. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the Coco Express Show for July 5th, 2014. I hope you all had an amazing, wonderful 4th of July. And hopefully you're still celebrating and enjoying this wonderful, beautiful weather we've had. I have to tell you, uh, I was out yesterday. And um, every morning I try to do something um, exercise-wise. So I was out yesterday and I was walking with the dog. And we were walking in the park. Um, the way we, the route we took, we wanted to come back into the park. That's what she wanted, so I let it go. And I have to tell you, I used to see the commercial on TV, and you've all seen that commercial. It says, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? And I have to tell you, oh, yes, it does. And if it's a big tree, it makes a really big sound, huge sound. And it scared the crap out of me. It scared the crap out of the dog, too. We were flying out of that park. You would think that it was one of those movies where there was a, a, a wave of water coming, and we were trying to beat it, and it was chasing us. But we survived, and um, I got my exercise routine done for that day. My goal was set, and it was accomplished. So today we're together, and I know that you're probably saying, what's been going on? You know, she doesn't do shows as frequently as she's been in the past. Well, it's not that I've not been doing them as frequently as in the past. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make sure that I have all my information straight, I have all my details correct, and I have people on the show that really bring value to you, the listener. And instead of, you know, just randomly doing things, I just want to make sure I do it right as opposed to just doing anything. And I think I'm moving in the right direction. I hope I am. I'll get feedback from you all and you'll let me know. I've gotten some feedback uh, the other day. And the shows have been appreciated by many, and I I greatly, greatly appreciate the feedback that I've been getting. It helps me to make the correct decisions and and the right adjustments that I'm making. I did have the opportunity to be introduced to a young man. His name was, um, what is it, Andy Booten. Andy Booten is out of uh, Kentucky, and he's a young man, uh, a young adult, who is taking his life and putting it on a microscope and allowing us the opportunity to get to understand what mental illness and um, bullying is all about. And if you check out the web page and there's going to be insights, I did a little write-up about him so that, you know, you could kind of understand and it gives you the opportunity to know that you don't have to be a victim. You can be a victor and you don't have to let your situation or circumstance keep you from being who you were meant to be and living out your dreams. You just have to change your mindset. You have to get a proper understanding of what you're dealing with, and then you can move forward with your life in a manner that best suits you. 
and allows you to be the best you that you could possibly be. And that was so important to me, and that was one of the reasons why I was compelled to kind of do this write-up. And the person who brought it to my attention felt that this would be a better way than to try to overwhelm this young man with um, an interview and interview questions and stuff. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be introduced to him, as well as I appreciate the um, opportunity for the person who did the introduction to come to me with the information. So thank you, Juanita. Greatly appreciate it. Today we're supposed to be having um, the heavyweight champion, Tim Witherspoon, with us. I'm not sure what's going on. As you know, Sometimes the shows really don't go the way you expect them to go. And we've had instances where we've had to kind of like find people and figure out what's going on and see what the story is. Now, this is the case. This um, show was booked a while ago, so I'm not even sure if um, the reminders that I sent out went out. So what I'm going to do is... I'm going to take a moment to try to connect with the um, the person to see what the heck is going on. So in the meantime, I'm just going to play, I don't know, some music for you. <laughs> I do know. I don't know what music I'm going to play for you. I have so many options available to me. It's not even funny. And, you know, what I really want to do every now and again, things come to me and I just want to say that they are really good things and let's see some music some songs and videos I get hit up with some stuff and I just don't want to just kind of throw stuff at you I just want to make sure that you get the opportunity to hear something that's going to kind of like give you um, an uplifting attitude and because it's just, hmm. Well, you know what? We recently had Ron David on the show, and um, um, let's see. What's the other show? Relationship Remedies for Us. We had some things, too, which were recent. Um, let's see. Yeah, okay. Relationship Remedies for Us. Hmm. And, you know, it's just. Here, I'll play this one for you. Now, I have to say this is a personal favorite for more than one reason. Um, This is Will Down and She's Gone. And he happens to be someone that I know that I went to high school with who is a friend. And I respect him. His work speaks for for itself. He is a true professional in his craft. And his talent is boundless. And each and every time he comes out with something new, I just... Embrace it because it is good. The quality is impeccable. I really will travel to see him perform. If you know if everything is in place and I can do it, I'm there. So, yes, I'm biased. But still, he does what he does, and he does it well. And there's no mistaking that. So please allow me the opportunity to bring to you She's Gone by Will Downing while we try to connect with Mr. Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. 
once again, he knocks it out the park. There is one particular song that Will Downing sings that, please, it just takes me away. And that's sent for me. And I have to tell you, I had the, um, the, the opportunity to, to speak to Gerald Albright, who also did a rendition of that as well. And it was originally done by Atlantic Star. And I have to tell you, those, that, those two gentlemen, that one song, uh, takes me everywhere I want to be in space, in the sky, in the moon. I'm floating on a cloud. You have no idea. Those two, those, those two gentlemen and that one song, it just gets me every time. As it appears, um, I'm not able to reach Mr. Witherspoon. I'm not able to reach his representatives. And um, so that leaves me and you together. <laughs> Interesting prospect, huh? However, I really enjoy being with you. And there are some things that have been going on, and I've been kind of like watching and monitoring, keeping my eye out on some things. And I've been noticing some things and just looking at how my life is based on what it is that I want to present, and I have to say that oftentimes we may have this perception of ourselves and this vision for ourselves that not everybody shares, and oftentimes some people show you what they what they think and what they feel, and I came across a situation recently where I have to say it saddened me, but it was a situation that had to happen. When, you know, when you're, you know, living your life and you're going through your different things and everything, you also, you know, go through different phases in your life. And, and a lot of times, oftentimes, you say, I'm going to put things behind me. I'm not going to think about it. That happened a long time ago, and this is it. I ain't got to deal with that. It's done. Funny thing about it is, as you become an adult, you get older, and you live your life, you have experiences and situations, and you overcome obstacles, challenges, and all those things that come along with living and being on this planet, and you begin to realize that things that you think you buried always seem to come back, and they come back twice as strong, twice as hard, and twice as powerful. And someone once told me that... um, God has a strange way of working with you, so to speak. I mean, he loves you so much. He wants you to be the best possible person you could possibly be and have the best of everything because that's what a true father wants for any child. And if you don't address your issues the way that he thinks that you should address them so that you could be done with that, so you can move forward and be the best you, it's going to keep coming back to haunt you until you do. And I have to say... I had this particular issue where I, you know, I never really spoke up about certain things and I just always remained quiet and, you know, it's no big deal, move forward. But there comes a time in your life where you have to stand up for yourself, you have to speak for yourself, and you have to allow people to understand that your silence wasn't an agreement, your silence was just a mature statement you were making in regards to who you are and what you stand for in your life. And people sometimes take silence, quietness, you know, placid behavior as a weakness, and it really isn't. I think the the strongest people are the ones who have learned to discern when and when not to speak up when and when not to act. And they have learned to listen to hear all sides before they make 
a decision and before they come to a judgment. It's judgments and judgmental people that ruin situations for everyone. And we never really know why people judge people. I've been guilty of making assumptions about a person myself. And I have to say, when I find out the truth, I am quick to turn around and apologize or correct whatever it is that was done. Um, And I'm being vague, but I can just tell you not to judge a book by its cover because you never know what may be beyond the surface of an individual and who they are. And this is because... um, a while ago, I was introduced to a young man, and initially this young man, oh my goodness, he was menacing looking. And everything, not that he came to you and her, he was all, he was just menacing looking. He had a lot of tattoos on him, you know, and he had a very strong, deep, powerful voice. So, first impression, you're like, whoa, what's this? But you know what happened? I took the opportunity to get to know this young man. And not only was this young man <laughs> nothing like his demeanor, his outward demeanor, um, his outward appearance, rather. This young man is intelligent, thoughtful, mature, respectful, and blew me away with the patience that he exhibited. He's exhibited patience that some older people don't even have in some matters that would have normally has an eye jumping up getting ready to choke you he exhibited the patience of a saint and I have to say that that really made me really look at some of the reasons why I have been misinterpreted for whatever reason and you know we do this all the time, day in, day out, all the time. You know, when you dress a certain way or you wear your hair a certain way or you have, um, you're different, you're automatically judged by that first appearance and it ain't right and it ain't fair. And I have to tell you, you know, and it's it's sad, it's unfortunate, it is what it is, but it doesn't have to be. We have to learn to be tolerant of other people, tolerant of people's differences, and understand that I am me, and this is who I am. And in some cases, we can't even help our parents because it may be something that is um, a, a birth defect. It may be something that, you know, it was an accident Whatever the case may be, it makes me different, but we're all different. Each and every one of us has our own special blueprint that has been crafted for us specifically and not to look like anybody else. Now, I can turn this situation and talk all about all day long about trying to look like someone else and trying to be like someone else and not being your authentic self and go on about that. But that's another topic for another day. But what I'm saying to you is, don't judge people by their appearance. Don't judge them by their their mannerisms. Don't judge them because they don't have anything to say when you have a whole bunch to say. You have to let people be themselves. 
And you have to allow people the opportunity to let you know who they are in the manner that they want to, not the way you want to. You can't go around treating people improperly, poorly, and demeaning them and, and disrespecting them and not expecting them to ever say anything back or ever stand up for themselves. However, be surprised when they do stand up for themselves because you may not like the way they do it because it may be far more powerful than all of the yelling and screaming and cursing that you might have done. And, you know, you got to be careful because the bottom line is this. We all have to answer to somebody one day. And you hope that when it comes time for you to answer to that, that big somebody, the big guy, that you can stand before him and you know that you did your best to treat everyone as fairly as possible. You treated them the way you wanted to be treated. And you lived your life true and honest. And you looked at each human being as a human being and didn't take anything or anyone for granted. And... I don't know who that's for or who that's to, but I just know that the situation from the past that came up brought all these things to mind, and I wanted to share that. Now, I'm not sure, you know, I guess I've been knocked out by Mr. Witherspoon because he didn't show up. But, you know, these things happen, and I have to say, I was looking forward to it because I did all this research on, you know, boxing, boxing history, and, and you know, all the, the stuff that I really didn't know about boxing, how it came to be, and I was excited. I was ready. I was hyped. I was pumped. But, you know, it happened. These things happen. But I can tell you one thing. I did gain something from this. I gained a whole bunch of knowledge on boxing, and now I know the real deal. Now I know the, you know, the history, the story, how it beca- became um, to be where it is in, um, in the form that it's now, because it originally didn't start out that way, and the different weight groups, the boxing association, the boxing styles. Oh, I'm good. So come to me, somebody, because you want to talk about boxing? I'm your woman. We can talk. So, you know, that is what it is. You know, you you have the opportunity. And maybe this is the opportunity for me to learn something, something new. And I'm taking it and I'm running with it. And I'm just grateful and appreciative of the fact that I've had this opportunity to learn all of this information. And I am going to kind of like try to hold in for a minute. But if I don't get anything back, you know, any call back and I'm going to keep it moving because it's a beautiful day outside and I want to go out and enjoy as much as I can. My allergies aren't acting up, which is a beautiful thing because I'm telling you, you can be a prisoner to your allergies if you you let it happen because they really will run amok and have you just sitting someplace looking out the window and that's not how you want to live. You want to enjoy these days as best you can. Now, um, we will have Next Wednesday, I believe, we have um, relationship remedies. Things get kind of thrown off with people's summer schedules. So that's why things are kind of lax with us during the summer months as we try to accommodate everybody's wanting to have some free time to do their thing. You're allowed that. Downtime is important. You need to have a balanced life, and that means have time for play because all work and no play makes you a dull person. And 
we don't need dullness here, and we don't have dullness here. So everybody gets to do what they need to do in the best way that they can. Now, hmm, is there anything else that I would like to share with you? We've made five years of doing this, and I have to tell you, didn't get there by myself. Had a ton of help, you know, moving this 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 entity forward up a hill in most cases, but we got there. And I would like to take the opportunity to thank Valencia Lyle Saunders. She is the voice that you hear. Welcome to the Coco Express. So, you know, she's the voice. Um, And she also has her own segment, You the Best Invention Ever. Then the second person to join me on board, which I have to be so, so, so happy to say I'm so grateful for him agreeing to do this, is Steve Duncanson. Steve Duncanson is an amazing, amazing human being, and he has a heart of gold. You know, we went to high school together, and we went to a reunion, and we connected, and we talked, and I asked him if he wanted to do this four years ago, and he said yes, and for four years, he's been with me doing this, and he is like the, you know, the brother that you always want to have in your corner, and I'm just so blessed and grateful for having him. He's introduced me to some amazing people as well and some wonderful opportunities. And my life has been made better because of him coming into it in the manner that he has. And I am forever grateful for him and his talent and his time. I Next on board was Sharon Homer with Real Estate Street Talk, I believe. And I have to tell you, she really has come a long way. Sharon's getting ready to get married next month, so we you know, we wish her well if yes, August the month of August we may not have a show with her because she will be on her honeymoon doing her thing and, you know, we wish her and Chris a, a great, great life together. Um and I'm gonna backtrack because Marilyn Ocasio joined Steve on the show, and I've known Marilyn for years. I mean, we go back to the World Trade Center, um, and when we worked there together. And I have to tell you, she came on board. She joined. She joined Steve on the show, and together they make such an amazing couple. They have different perspectives on the same topic, which is so great because the marriage of those two together, the coupling of those two, allows you to really get a clear understanding of the concepts that they're presenting to you on Paradigm Shifters. And I have to tell you that a lot of them I did myself. I'm going to play something else for you while I answer this call. Let's see what we got. Okay, here we go. Oh. 
Smoke out on the shirt and I like it raw. Feel the steps in my chest, time to hit the stall. Got some munchies for some chicken and some pizza, Joe. But I'm asthmatic, got hypertension in the medic. Say I'm diabetic. I know that certain things are hurt me, but I still get it. Let it steady, eat it until my body's sick and tired. Smoking and drinking till my time is up. I know my body trying to tell me something daily, man. Cause what I put in it, it always throws it up, man. Or oh, keep it in and get me so sick and tired. I'm done feeling this way. I gotta change my diet, get my mind right. Get my body feeling good, huh? Can't make no money if I'm broke down in the hood. It's an investment that I place in myself. Gotta shake the sickness off, gotta clean the sickness out. Yeah. Unify your body, money generate. Reclaim your body, then your money elevate. Without your mind, all your money doing well, man. And if you take it tight, let me hear you say. Hey everybody, see patience is a virtue I stuck in there and guess what We got Mr. Witherspoon Now I just want to let you know The song you're listening to is Supernova Slum And it's so sick and tired And he's talking about all the improper things That we put in our bodies That allow us to break down And you gotta get your mind right Your body right and you gotta eat right So I'm gonna Get off of that note, and I'm going to get on to this interview with Mr. Witherspoon. So, thanks for your patience. Let's get this party started. Hello? Yeah, hello. Well, hello, sir. How are you? Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Sure. Wait, hold on. I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. Go downstairs. I'm on the interview. Shania, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's my little daughter from the UK. I went and got her out of social services, and she she waiting for me to go to laundromat. This is very. This, I'm ready to go. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad you're ready to go because I'm ready to go too. Because I've done research, okay, and I wanted to share. <laughs> no problem. Okay, so you are the great. Tim Witherspoon, and um, I say I'm great. I'm not great yet. I'm not great yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> no, no. You've accomplished some things that put you in the category of greatness, and you know that. We all know that. I appreciate it. You're I welcome. appreciate that. You're welcome. Now, you, in the 1980s, you held two different versions of the World Heavyweight Championship, the WBC and the WBA. Yes. You've had you've had the opportunity to um, work with you sparred with Muhammad Ali, and yes, I was you, your sparring partner. And you were so good at what you did that four years later you went toe to toe with Larry Holmes. Now tell me you're not doing. Yes, great. I did. No, no, that wasn't that wasn't four years later. That was only like eighty uh, three. Okay, at nineteen eighty. Okay, three years, two and a half, three years. Okay, now that is an amazing feat. And you are in the category, now if we go to black history, you're in the category. I'm the third man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm the third man in boxing history to ever win the heavyweight championship twice. Yeah, so you're not great? Come on, man. <laughs> no, well, when we be, I'll be going to England all the time, and they say, and they say legend. And when they say legend, I say, wait a minute. That's too, that's really being too far, you know. Legends to me are guys that, you know, and then they pass away. But Legends is a really great title to hold. And for me to hold that title right now, I think that it would have to do more work 
It's not okay. over yet. No, it's not because you still have more work to do because you're still breathing. But the stuff that you've done so far, <laughs> yeah, what you've done so far has allowed us the opportunity to see what hard work, dedication, belief in your craft, and having the, I guess you could say, the 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 patience and determination to do it. Now, boxing is an amazing sport. I call it a, a an art form. That's what I call it. Yes, it is. It truly is an art. Yes, and I mean, if we go back in history, um, boxing has been in hieroglyphic scriptures, and it dates back to 4000 B.C. Whoa, I didn't even know all that. <laughs> yeah. I thought yeah. it was Kingsbury Rules in England, and that was it. <laughs> no, no. It became, it was, you know... And in the year 686 B.C., boxing became an essential part of the Olympics. I can't believe that. Yes. I didn't know that. You was going to research. What year did you graduate from Harvard? I mean, you're digging (laughs) deep. (laughs) You're digging deep. This is great. I didn't know that. Yes. And in 1743, the first code of rules was written by a Jack Brownton. So the rules that you're following, they were eventually changed in 18, 1838. But the rules that you're following, they, yeah. they're, they've been modified and changed. But you didn't get rules for boxing until 1700. Wow. Wow, so as any anything goes up until seventeen hundred. Yeah, because what they thought it was it was just like um drunken brawls and they wanted to really make it more um I guess you could say classier. Right. And, classier. And, and, and you know what? And and, and 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 it needs to the art of boxing is still today the art of boxing is changing so so much because what happens what happens in the game and I've and I've figured it out is that you know, there's aftercare needed for retired boxers, and they're the ones that have all the knowledge. So mm-hmm. when when I was young and coming up, there was a lot of intelligent box trainers, and there was a lot of guys really striving to, to be champions, and there was a lot of education that you could learn. Nowadays, you got young, you got uh, trainers, and you got former trainers and 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 uh, ex boxers. You know in their beds not doing anything and that's hurting boxing today you got real intelligent um boxing trainers and guys that retired and then you have some that passed away and i got teaching from a great trainer slim jim robinson and mm-hmm. if you didn't get if you didn't get that error or that training or that teaching you know it, 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 you just missed it and i i, I so happened and privileged to have a trainer that knew all the old stuff the slick stuff and that's what's happening today every you got Olympic gold medal winner um, Terrell Biggs laying in his bed, not really doing nothing, not giving back to boxing. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of the networks, a lot of the networks, a lot of people that are involved with this money should say, wait a minute, boxing is taking a little downslope. We need some help. Let's go get these guys out of their beds and employ them. But they don't want to do that. And that's one of the problems today. You got, you got the art of boxing laying and sleeping in their beds, and you got these young guys commentating not giving out the true history of, of the game and stuff and stuff like that. So I found out that's one of the things that's missing. I'm here. I'm a heavyweight champ of the world. I have one of the best defenses in the game, um, and, and, and I was very successful. And you see none of the big corporation boxing people, they don't call you because they're scared you might tell the boxers the right things to do in the game. 
they want to keep these boxes stupid. But they're making progress, but we would help them go, uh, um, uh, the progress go even better if they just come get us at our beds. Where we at? We oh, we got a job at uh at, at drive at uh, we got a job at USP uh, UPS or we got a job working for the city dumping trash. But we could be more beneficial if they just bring us back into the boxing game. Football mm-hmm. players do it. The football industry do it. They bring guys and commentate on television, uh, basketball. But when it comes to boxing, I don't know. They might think we're not educated enough, or we didn't graduate college, or there's several other reasons. So. I don't know why they don't do it for guys that, that, that didn't go to university. Well, you know, it's really interesting that you would say something like that because of the simple fact that, I mean, you have the Boxing Association. Yeah. Now, within the association, are there, um, like, an organization to assist um, former boxers and, you know, like... Like the WBC and, or the WBA mm-hmm. or the IBF, right? Yeah. Um, so no, it's just once you're done, you're done. Um, once you're done, you're done. But a few selected people that um, that uh, get a chance to like commentate and do a stuff and do stuff like that. If you like, for me, I, I fought against Don King. I, we sued him. It took us nine years. Um, for instance, I went over to England and I fought their champion. I knocked him out in the 11th round. My hip was knocked out of place. My eye was swollen. They had to snap my hip back into place. I was scheduled to get $3 million. I only went home with 90000 Wow. I knocked the guy out. And he went, I knocked the guy. I knocked Frank Bruno out, and he went home with a million four. I wow. knocked him out in the 11th round in front of 60,000 people, and I went home with 95000 That doesn't sound right. It do, it isn't. So what I'm saying is is that the the boxing the boxing um, WBC WBA the IBF, I mean they they schedule the fights they 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 uh, handle the belts who wins them who championship they they do generate a lot of money but do they care about the boxers? I don't know. You go you can find them all in your beds. You can find half, some of them on drugs. You can find some of them still trying to help trainers out. But with you, but at the level that we need to be, where these commissions and they really don't care, uh, um, um, the levels we need to be is at the top. Help give us jobs up there so we can save our sport. Give you know they don't care. We in the beds. All they care about is that dollar generating. That's mm-hmm. why they said like in my book is coming out. It's called Terrible Times, mm-hmm. and it tells about it tells about all the stuff that I went through and and boxing and and you know there's a lot of other. I hate to be like doing stuff by myself. I like to say us, what they mm-hmm. did to us. I don't, you know, the book is written. I didn't become heavyweight champion by myself. Mm-hmm. My neighborhood, my mother, everybody helped. But but they don't have they don't have the things the things uh, aftercare for for us um, ex champion and ex boxers. It, it's, it's kind of backwards today. You got young okay. guys commentating on TV, commentating on TV. And they're saying good stuff, but they're not. They're not going to have nothing about the back of the back of the day stuff. None about the stuff when I first started. So and they're missing history. out. They, yeah, there's a gap in the middle. There's yeah, a gap the in the middle. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you, oftentimes, I mean, I know that you always hear about Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson. Yeah, Jack but Johnson. Yep. There was more than Jack Johnson. There was Peter Jackson. There was Sam Langford. There was Joe Walcott. George Dixon, right. Joe Gans, 
all of those people existed too. And I didn't even know that Joe Gans was um, the world champion light world champion. He won the world championship lightweight in 1902. And wow, you know, and that's the interesting part about it that you know I always whether I want to accept it or believe it or say it or not, I always believe there were two different worlds that we we kind of live in, you know, is because you know as well as I do that Jack Johnson could not accept his um, his championship because of his color. Right, exactly, exactly. And, and they wouldn't show pictures of, not making this a racial thing right now mm-hmm. between when our, our 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 phone call we had on the show, but they wouldn't even film the white guy getting knocked out. They would cut it. Mm-hmm. This is this is what you'll never see. Well, they show a guy getting knocked out, but they used to not show the white guys getting knocked out. They used to cut it. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to see. Yeah, they didn't want to see that. It's not an issue no more these days as far no, as the white and, and black. The be- yeah, that's the beauty of it. But I also know now that you have a lot of Russian boxers coming up. Oh, and- you have them coming over, taking advantage of, of the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 real quick, when I, was, when I fought Larry Holmes, <coughs> I fought Larry Holmes. This is how backwards things was. Now, maybe Jerry Cooney was, I love Jerry Cooney. He's an Irish guy from Long Island. Mm-hmm. I had no problem. I used to be his sparring partner, too. They were paying me really well. They fired me really, really quick because, I, you know, I knew what I was doing. I had a good trainer. Mm-hmm. But when he fought Larry Holmes, he made $8 million. When I fought Larry Holmes, the black man, only went home with 65000 125000 And I wound up, when they cut all the taxes, when they did everything, I went on with sixty-five thousand. So you can see the big difference mm-hmm. in, in the way things was. Yeah, I made. He made eight million, and I made. I went home with sixty-five thousand, one hundred twenty-five, and then I had to take care of everybody. So, so, but I still love Gary Cooney. He's my brother, and mm-hmm. he knew. He knew that. He knew that what, what was going on. I knew what was going on. You know, I had Don King in my in my in my, in my corner. You know, when I fought Larry Holmes. I mean, what and I mean I, is, was I, he was my promoter. He promotes Don King. Okay, and, and that's what I'm and, saying. And, and the boxing huh? managers and the promoters, I was going to ask you, the boxers and the managers, what role do they play in the life of a boxer? Well, the, manage, the, the promoter is supposed to promote the fighter and do, does not supposed to promote, uh, well, he's not really not supposed to promote his production. He is supposed to, but his job is to promote the boxer, and most of these promoters, all you see is them promoting themselves and just putting the fighters on the show. The manager is supposed to make sure that his 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 client uh, gets the best deal out out the deal, and and also all every all before we took Don, Don King to court, you you wasn't allowed you you didn't nobody cared about showing the boxer the whole breakdown. But when we went to court and fought and we sued Don King, matter of fact, I'm still friends with him. And I'm going to tell you afterwards if you ask me questions. But now everybody has to disclose mm-hmm. all monies that's generated in a, in, a, in a boxing event. So by us fighting and, 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 and going to court and, and we went there, down D.C. and we fought, now you have to, have to disclose all monies that, gen, that was generated uh, for the fight to the boxer. And a lot of them don't even know it today. 
you don't, they don't know that that is is that is against the law not to disclose mm-hmm. um, the financial uh, uh, situation to the boxer, and a lot of them don't know it. They take their check and don't know that they that they're entitled to watch the whole breakdown or to see the whole breakdown. We found that out years ago when we sued Don King, and we pushed the issue, and that's in the law now. But they don't know it. Okay, so oftentimes the lack of knowledge keeps you from being able to do what you need to do and have the proper representation that you need? Well, I believe that common sense, a lot of common sense, there, there is a lot of young, there is a lot of boxers that didn't go to college mm-hmm. or, or, or didn't, you know, or didn't go to college or, or, or just went to high school that's not really intelligent and, and um, and um and um they they need to um get somebody that they could trust that's gonna help them through these hard times. I mean, I know that a lot of people in the industries, the television industries, um, the managements and the promotions, they know that there's a lot of boxers that's not educated and they're mm-hmm. taking advantage. They play that there's a there's a little boundaries that they don't go over. And if they mm-hmm. go over that boundaries there's a lot of lights that light up. But they stay just enough so they can take money and still and, 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 you know, the boxer doesn't really know. A lot of them don't know it. But nowadays you got college graduates coming out being boxing champions. And as things are changing, but, but the people that's putting out the money are not hiring the right guys to get out there doing the talking. You know, mm-hmm. they got guys talking. But you need actual boxers. What it look like um, somebody just grabbing me up the street trying to do your job? It won't work. Okay. You, you, really I'm might, trying to make that an example. Is. Suppose they come grab me and say, here, put me in your position. I'm saying, wait a minute. i got to do some research. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of hypothetical what I'm saying about yeah. using you as an example. But, but that's the thing. So they get a guy that never trained nobody before and stick him in the corner. Mm-hmm. So get he really people that, So basically yeah, what you're saying is that the um, – the fact that they're taking people with without a history, without foundation, without knowledge, there you, you go. know, they just are are just putting them there. It's like saying, okay, I saw this boy bouncing a basketball on the street, and I'm gonna yeah. put him in there with the NBA players, and let's see what he can do. Right. He's not gonna be able right. to do anything because you don't even know if he has skills or ability. You just saw him bouncing the ball. There you go. And and another thing. Um, an educated individual can easily adapt to, um, like boxing is not really rocket science, but if you look at it for after month after month, you could say, hey man, that guy, he needs to put that right hand over this way and a left hook that way at mm-hmm. the time. But you can get a guy like me to come right in and analyze stuff, bam, bam, bam. But my but my but, but my intellect, far as verbal like words, big words, I would not be able to. Uh, get that out, but I can have on the peop- people. I can have the viewing public understand me mm-hmm. and understand that I'm know what I'm talking about. But you can get a guy like uh, what's his name up there. I used to we used to eat out. We used to go eat eat after we see the Mike Tyson fight. Uh, Teddy Atlas. Mm-hmm. You know Teddy Atlas. He put the gun to Tyson's head because he tried mm-hmm. to rap to his, mm-hmm. yeah him. Um, he's he's a good he's an alright guy, but he don't know like we know. I'm up there watching him. And I'm saying, whoa, <laughs> he's okay, but he's not. And every time they put him on, he, he demonstrates, but not like I would demonstrate. 
Because mm-hmm. I don't think he ever really fought a lot of fights. So there's a lot of guys out there doing this commentating stuff. They should bring fighters in and have their experience. And the young ones don't have the full history. They don't have um, Slim Robinson, Georgie Benton, or somebody like that as a trainer. I'm really rounded off. Uh, you're educated part than the boxing thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you use them big words, I understand a lot of them. And, and, and I can say some of them, um, but I can reach all the public. I can reach all the public, but they knew I fought against unjust in boxing, and I might cause a trouble in, 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 in the uh, boxing in the industry. Like the networks might want. I want a guy that does what I want them to do, but, I, but they know that man. I fought against I don't want to be a yes man. If I want to tell the truth, I want to tell the truth. I don't want to. It's wrong. I don't okay. want to um, lie. That, you know, if you know what I'm talk, trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get rid of me because, you know, you, I'm going to real quick. You know who really, what's his name? He passed away. He's a middleweight. And he went to Hurricane Carter. Okay. Yes. He was on ESPN one time. He did so good. Oh, man, he did so good. He even criticized a couple of guys on you never seen him. This guy did a hell of a show. And I was like, whoa, this who they need on the show. Don't you know he ain't there? He ain't never seen They got rid of him. <laughs> you they know got what rid it of is? him. He passed. You know, you know what I think it is? Okay. You keep saying education, education, education. You know as well as I do. Education has very little to do with a person's ability to convey a, a, a thought or, or give you a principle. And, right. and you know, the big words, you know as well as I do, they mean nothing. I mean, they really mean nothing. And I've come to understand that um, someone like you, you know, who has the experience, who's been there, done that, got a T-shirt for it, can come in <laughs> and, and you can come in and you can just go, look, this is the deal, okay? Bam, yeah. bam, bam, yeah. and done. Yeah. And you're wrong because if you knew the history of X, Y, and Z, you would know that he should have he should have handled it this way as opposed to doing it the way exactly. he did. He would have won that fight exactly. if he would have did it this way, but he lost that fight, and this is why he lost it. And that's something yeah. that they are afraid. You're right. They're afraid of that because then that means that they're paying all of these people. And do you, I know you know how much they pay these people to be on yeah, these shows because they got people behind them that they pay to pick these people to be on the shows. And that just says that right. they're not. They don't know their job either. So that's what it boils down to. You come in. Yeah. You're like. Hello, I know what I'm talking about, and they'll be sitting there going, "Well, right. why didn't you go to him first before you went to him?" Right. They don't want that controversy like that. They, no. They're regular guys that they have there. They want them to continue on doing what they're doing. Uh, you know, they have a show on ESPN, and Teddy Atlas mm-hmm. gets up there, demonstrates, use big words. You know, but I heard he really the way he demonstrates. I'll be like. Man, I don't know where. <laughs> oh, for instance, for instance, listen, for instance, I used to go to this guy, Jack Newfield, who mm-hmm. who was a writer for Village Voice. Voice. Uh-huh. And every time Mike Tyson, he was down in Halston in New York. That's he lived down in Halston. So so we, me and my manager, current manager at the time, would go right to the fights right before, the, you know, the day of the fight. And everybody would be there, Spike Lee, um, 
uh, a lot of the actors was there. Um, you know, there were some ex-mafia guys there. He had, like, all these kind of celebrities in his in his house. And I'm going to so Teddy was there. So, Teddy, we all talking, having fun. We in the house. Hey, let's go out to dinner. We must have went to Jack Newfield's, Jack Newfield's house twice and saw each other. Went out to dinner maybe twice. Okay, so here's Teddy Atlas, just big time um, sports announcer. Okay, now, we friends. I know his son and everything. So, he has a fight in Philadelphia. So, I go to the fight because, oh, I'm going to meet Teddy's down here, and I know he's going to bring his son. So I go, I go, I go down to the ringside, and I, I see his son. The son, hey Tim, how you doing? Give me a hug, saying hi. Hey, and I was like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Where your dad? Now he pointed to him. So I went over to Teddy. I said, hey Teddy, how you doing? Shook my hand, looked a little funny, then walked, then then turned away, and he walked away from me. I was like, whoa, what was that? You know, he walked, mm-hmm. I hear him at the dinner table laughing and joking. And as soon as I get to a fight site and he's on, and the television cameras is around, are around, I shook his hand. He had no conversation for me and walked away. The next, later on that night, I posted on Facebook. I was really upset because, you know, we were friends. Now, my son fought on ESPN mm-hmm. about, about seven months ago, Tim Witherspoon Jr. Mm-hmm. Teddy Atlas was a commentator. Didn't even say one word to me at all. Heavyweight champ of the world, two times. Love everybody in the game. I have no enemies. And I still, Don King, I seen him eight months ago at a fight. He said he loved me. I said, yeah, I love you too. But the fact that, man, that he ripped, that he did what he did, he has to pay for that. Now, mm-hmm. now, but, but I can't go on with my, with my life if I still have a chip on my shoulder saying Don King robbed me. It's got to mm-hmm. be a point where I go forward and be and, 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 and groom and, and myself, bring myself out of, out of this bondage. But Teddy Atlas didn't even come say hi. He didn't even look over to me and say, hey, Tim. He didn't do that. And, I, you know, and I'm up there. I was really upset when he first did that because we met at dinner and looked in each other's face, joked and talked, and was at Jack Newfield's house joking and talking about the boxing and he gave me only three or four words what was wrong you, with that so you can you can't see that you don't you can't figure that one out well he he know the knowledge he was no, he was he was afraid of, i think because, he was afraid of the knowledge that's yes, the only thing intimidation. i can say he's intimidated that's all there Whenever, you go intimidation yeah yeah, whenever someone's intimidated of someone else and everything, they act one of two ways. They either become over-aggressive towards them or avoidance. They avoid them. Right. I was really upset in my heart about that because this man is making over a million. I know he's making anywhere from 800000 over a million dollars um, 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 in, 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 the, in, in that industry. And mm-hmm. I, and I, you know, and I know I can do the job for cheaper. <laughs> you know, I can do the job for cheaper. But the but the bottom line is, is that it really bothered me, and I really started waking up to what's really going on in, in boxing. Then I've been traveling over to England. Um, mm-hmm. I've been traveling over to England for the last uh, ten ten fifteen years. I got an English daughter. I went to I went over to England. They called me said Tim, you better come over here. There's a situation over. I went over there. My daughter was in social service. I fought oh. them for six months. Oh, I've been going around London, everywhere, 
going to these different meetings three times a week, um, um, fighting social services, and you know they gave it to me. Mm-hmm. And she's here, okay. here with me in America. It's going to be in the book. The book is is called Terrible Times. Mm-hmm. The third okay. man, and 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 yeah. So, so there's a whole lot that we can talk about. Oh wow! And, and um, I mean, when is the book going to come out? The book, the book is. I'm doing corrections as we speak. But right now, I'm going to go. I'm a, I'm a dad, so I'm gonna go. I'm going to wash our clothes. When you, when you <laughs> call, I'm, a, I'm sorry that we missed our deadline. We were supposed to call, uh, get in touch with you before twelve. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I, I didn't, I didn't, I forgot all about it because I'm doing corrections on the books. I'm trying to be a father. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get everybody in this world to love each other. You know, and 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 that's that. No, that's my goal. I hate when I was little. I I wanted everybody to stop fighting. Here I am, a big time boxer, knocking guys out, and here I am, wanting everybody to want peace in this world and love. Teddy yeah. bear, teddy you know. bear, huh? <laughs> your big old teddy bear. Now Yo, you're you native. Call me that. Go ahead. <laughs> I can, can call, call I can call you that. I'll call you that. But yeah. I'm sure not everybody will okay. get that opportunity. <laughs> no, I'm nonviolent. My mom was a preacher. Her, okay. her, her husband is a – I'm staying in her house right now. I'm staying in her house right now because it's like a safe haven. There's no mm-hmm. drinking. There's no There's no cussing. There's everybody – everything is, is, is cool here, and that's good for my daughter. And it's also good for me. In my book, it talks about me using drugs. Okay. Uh, uh, cocaine, crack, twenty years ago, and I'm not ashamed to talk about it, you know. And and me raising three other my three, I got five girls and one boy, but three of my other kids I had to raise by myself. Their mom left, and for like twelve, fourteen years, it was just me and them. And and um, I was heavyweight. I learned how to cook. I learned how to clean. <laughs> well, I was doing that anyway, but I learned how to deal with these kids. And um, it, 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 it was sad, but now they're all successful, like, or they're all in good situations. They're happy. Um, three, two of them, one of them graduated from Temple University. The other one's getting ready to graduate from Temple University. And I ain't even push them. They did it on their own. Then got my son, Tim. He's he's boxing. I got mm-hmm. another daughter that, that's doing the same type of work. So, And then I got the little baby girl. I got a – she's going to go back to Wilmington and win – Wilmington, because she's English, mm-hmm. and social service, and social service is a good story. And social service had her. I fought and got her back. Now I'm gonna train this baby. She could do whatever she want to do, but I'm gonna train her to go back to win Wilmington. And you're gonna hear mm-hmm. about it 20 years from now, 15 years from now. Her name is Shania Isabella Grace London Witherspoon. Her mother gave her that name. I didn't. That was too many. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, that's amazing, and that's great because, you know, no one knew you were a single dad, you know, doing all of these things yeah. that you had to do while you were also trying yeah. to be heavyweight champion of the world. And right. that, you know, that is a lot of weight to carry on one's shoulder. I mean, a lot. And the fact that your kids all turned out to, to do well and make you proud, you yeah. should you know, your blessings are right there for you. Although you may not have received the accolades you deserved, God is blessing you this way. And that's a no, beautiful that's thing. That yeah. is a beautiful yep. thing. And, Thank you. And you're welcome. I mean, I'm sitting here going, wow, that's a lot to handle and everything. And the fact are that... Are you in New York? 
I'm sorry. Are you in New York? You'd be surprised how close I am to you. <laughs> You're in Philly. I'm not in, You're in Philly. Philly. I'm in Delaware. Oh, okay. Delaware. Okay, cool. Yes, I'm in Delaware. Right, I'm not that far from the airport. Oh, okay. I know where you are. Yeah, okay, because I, I worked in Philly, um, down Cobbs in Creek. the city. Cobb okay. Creek. You heard of Cobb. I'm yeah. around the Cobb Creek area. And um, I would love to be on the show again. Um, you um, You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to find out information. I'm always trying to... Um, you know, about the boxing, and I'm always mm-hmm. trying to do a lot of stuff. I'm always on the Internet. I have knowledge from the from the, from the overseas, over here. I mean, I just can't, we just can't get no job. All that stuff I've been going through with Don, and, and now, you know, oh, here's a never sad story. Jim would know it's not like that. I'm happy. I, I feel good. I stood up. You know, Don, Don, is, Don has got to pay his price whenever. Uh, he said he loved me. Yeah, I love that brother, but he shouldn't have did what he did. That's what we do in the neighborhood. You punch me in the face, I punch you back, but we make up. Mm-hmm. And not only yeah. that, not only that, not only that, we both black men, and we mm-hmm. had the same struggles coming up. But that that doesn't give a, that don't give a reason to rob another person, or for me to shoot somebody, or to rob. So it doesn't just because we both black don't mean you got to rob somebody. Mm-hmm. But we did have both have we both had the same challenges coming up. He was older than me, but my father had the same challenges that that you know was negative things towards blacks coming up. So mm-hmm. I understand him, but that don't give him the right to do that to somebody. What he did, he did well, to it's a lot the, of people. Well, it's the character of the person. That's a whole different issue. Yeah. So it's the character of the person. And I am originally from New York, so and I do have um, my. Uh, a whole bunch of my people that I work with are in New York as well. So we kind of like do both sides. I get the New York side and I get stuff over here. But like I said, I would love to have you back. Once the book has yeah. been, um, once you revise the book, I want to have the opportunity to read the book and we can go over the book and, and talk about the stuff that's in the book. And I, I think I would love that opportunity. I really would. That's what I need. I need, if, if that can be helped like that, if I, if, that, if, if I can, if we have to keep in touch, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we, we can go through the whole book if you want. We can let mm-hmm. everybody know that we're going to be talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. And we could go chapter by chapter, whatever way you want to do it, and come back another day and do some more, whatever. Mm-hmm. We can do that because um, there's a lot of young people that want to be boxing champions, you know. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and we have the knowledge. I have the knowledge of what happens a lot of us have a lot of knowledge of what's been going on in the last 30 years so a lot of these young guys will want to know hey am i doing the right thing what should Mm -hmm. i do when i get there and then that book is going to tell you and give you a good idea of what you should be doing as a young person trying to get in the boxing game so you would be a great boxing mentor you would be an excellent boxing mentor yeah well i was talking to bullied kids in England and talking to kids that get bullied. I was talking to bullied kids. I was going around talking to bad kids. I was saying, man, I wish they had these programs in America. Where I live in Philly, I, one, one, I'm proud of this kid, Marcus West, mm-hmm. down in Philly. He's become a teacher and went to one of the baddest schools, Dobbins, in the, in, in the city. He asked me to come to his, his school and talk to the kids. And I said, wait a minute, you're a teacher? He said, yeah. I said, oh, my God. He made it. Mm-hmm. So I said, I said, there's no way I'm not going to, there's no way I'm going to miss this. 
Mm-hmm. And when I went to the to the class, I saw kids on the floor. I saw kids pushing each other. I saw them trying to restrain the kids. And then I, I got tired of use psychology. I went and started talking to them, and I eased them down. They all got quiet. One guy still laid on the floor and was listening. But I was talking to him, and by the time I left, a lot of them was like, man, I, you know, I don't know if it was going to stick because they need aftercare. Mm-hmm. They ne- you know, and they never brought me back. So, But I saw, I like, it was maybe 15 of them, but I saw like about 10 of them was like, man, that's great. I would like to do that. These kids can't be sitting around in their beds. They got to get up early in the morning. The early bird catches his worm. Yes, indeed. If you sit around, it's going to just float right by you. Now, if yeah. you get up, you'll, you'll become a heavyweight champion by accident like I did. <laughs> I didn't want to be no boxer. I, didn't, I, was, I was supposed to be an American football player. I was, supposed to, uh, I, I was an all-Philadelphia tight end. My brother was an all-Philadelphia split end for the same high school. He went on to university. I went on to university. I got hurt. He had trouble. He came back. I came back. He became a boxer. I became a boxer. He was a smaller champion. I, 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 was, I had the bigger titles, but we did accomplish. We never wanted to be in gangs, never. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have mm-hmm. nothing against those guys as being in gangs, just that they made wrong choices. That's all. Mm-hmm. And, and they just like me. I'm just like them. I just ain't never want to hurt anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys was protecting younger guys in the neighborhood. They felt they were. When we go to school, man, this is this is what came from the gang with Seventh and Emily. I never was in gangs, but if anybody tried to mess with us, they would try to protect us. And I was saying, I thought they just wanted to go around killing people, but they was looking out for all the sports stars in the neighborhood. If you was in the neighborhood and you was and you was like up and coming basketball player, nobody mm-hmm. better not mess with you. Because they wanted they you to violent, get out. They wanted you to have the opportunity. They wanted us to get out. Mm-hmm. They wanted us to get out. I think we have, I know we have a lot to talk about. You know, I don't yeah. care how many, I don't care if you've got five, ten listeners. I don't care if you got a thousand million. I'm going to, I'm going to be on it and spread the word. And spread okay. out, I think that, in, in my opinion, okay? Okay, I will definitely work with Emily to set this up so that we could have you on a recurring basis, on a regular basis to okay. talk about okay. um, boxing and, and life in general because boxing is like life. It is. It you is. Know? And I, I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you for I having me. I just have one question. No problem. Okay. You, this is out of left field. Can boxers dance? <laughs> man, I can dance my butt off. Okay. Hey, I, I'm not saying, look, if I, listen, oh, yeah, a lot of, you know, they jump rope, and no, they got rhythm, a lot of them got rhythm, and a lot of them don't. What you mean, why, you want to invite me to a dance or something? No, I saw Mike Tyson, <laughs> and he can't dance. <laughs> no, he can't. Uh, you listen, listen, I uh, <laughs> I know I've seen that, or was it on uh, TV or something, I saw him dancing, and he can't sing, but I love no. that brother. I was over in England. I was over in England with him. I talked to him. Um, he lives in Vegas. He has a beautiful big mansion. I never was there, but he invited me uh, mm-hmm. anytime. You know, when I was in England, and they used to come over and do shows. Um, I used to go on the shows because in the beginning, Mike Tyson and guys like Randy Holyfield and and the guy I knocked out, they're really not uh, 
got a lot of energy in them. And the people want to see some energy. They want to see some laughter. They want to see some smiles. And in the beginning, uh, Mike wasn't really presenting that. So they would put me on those shows to save them. Mm-hmm. To save the okay. shows, you know. Yeah, so so um, <laughs> Mike couldn't do no dance, and he can't. He, he, but he is a good guy. I got I got down and talked yes, to him intimately, close by close. He's a good guy. He has a life story to tell. But, yeah. but his is a lot different than mine. My, my, I came up uh, with a mother, and my father wasn't around all the time, and he eventually left at nine years old, eight years old. And my mom, my mom, women are very important in, our, in, in, in this world. And my mom brought us up, eight kids, eight kids. She brought us up, and, and, and uh, we can talk about all that next time if you want. Okay, great. We'll talk about the, the beginnings, the humble beginnings of Tim Witherspoon and what made you the champion no that you are. And we'll, we'll go back to forward, you know. We'll start in the beginning and we'll work our way to today. And it's fine. Whatever no it is, um, we'll, we'll work it all out. And, and um, I, like I said, Love the opportunity to have you back. Love the opportunity okay. to work with you on this and open up your book and allow people the opportunity to really get to know not only you, but the the sport of boxing. Okay. That, okay. That's what it's about. We can't forget about everybody else. I'm just a player in the, mm-hmm. in the game. That's all. Okay, <laughs> okay then. Thank you it, it was a for pleasure. having me You're on welcome. the show. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Cheers. Have a, good, all right. have a great weekend. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Everyone, that was the amazing Tim Witherspoon. Now, it's funny. I had all that time to talk earlier, and, the, you know, and I was talking about different things, and here you have this amazing gentleman who has knowledge, who has experience, and who has the drive, and he is willing to share. And that's something that you don't catch very often. People who have been there, who have had those experiences that we all wish we could have, who have, you know, been around and been exposed to so many amazing uh, people that we see but never really get the opportunity to connect or, or have face-to-face time with. And he is a humble man who wants to be able to share the information that he has come to know, his knowledge he wants to share so that the next generation will have the opportunity to benefit from his wisdom. And we need to be able to embrace those situations, which I'm going to, and allow people a chance to hear it because that could change somebody's life. You never know whose life you're going to change and who's going to hear it, who's going to get the information. As long as the information is out there and available, we know that someone is going to get it. And we're going to take the opportunity here at the Cocoa Express Show to get that information out as best we can. He wants to do it. He wants to do it. And, you know, the you know, and I always say people who feel it not robbery to give of themselves are amazing people. Those are the true blessings of this world. And on that note, I want to thank him tremendously a million times for coming on the show, sharing some information, sharing some of his story. And please look forward to seeing him back on the show or hearing him come back on the show. On that note, I want to wish each and every one of you an amazing weekend, and I just want to let you know that people change your lives in really, really unique ways, and this particular show has also made an impression on me in a lot of ways. I'm glad I had the opportunity. I'm glad I waited for him to call in, and I'm really glad that he's, you know, willing and interested in coming back on the show. So on that note, I want to wish each and every one of you a wonderful weekend. 
Be well, take care of yourselves, and God bless. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live.